0: Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in the public sector. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to In Transition, the podcast that deals with the practice of content marketing in the public sector. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with a dear old friend of mine, who's got a a lot to offer and a lot of experience, particularly as a journalist. But before I introduce him to the definition, as we do each week, content marketing is a evidence-based, strategic, measurable, and accountable business process that relies on the creation, curation, and distribution of useful, relevant, and consistent content. The purpose is to engage and inform a specific audience in order to achieve a desired citizen and or stakeholder action. That's an adaptation of the Content Marketing Institute's definition of content marketing purely and specifically as it relates to the public sector. My guest this week is Kunchan Dutt, the Media Director of the Community Services Directorate in Canberra, Australia. Now this particular interview is taken from a discussion that I had with Kunchen and a couple of other people, but we've edited them out for today's purposes, but a couple of people that we we spoke about content marketing in the government probably about 12 months ago, and it was a a live broadcast of an an event that you can find on our website as well. But Kunchen is an experienced media operator, a journalist for a long time with a a distinguished career as a reporter, And he talks to us today about what the specific challenges are for him as he tries to tell the story of the Community Services Directorate to a diverse audience here in Canberra, the capital of Australia. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Kunshan Dutt's a great man, and I look forward to sharing this with you. Kunshan, you work for the ACT Government in the Community Services Directorate. How well are you guys going in terms of your content marketing?
1: Uh, I think it would be fair to say that we're probably, um, we're not starting out, we've started out, we've got the channels established, now it's about thinking strategically more long term, about how we marry our different assets. So now it's about what are we looking to do, why are we looking to do it and how can we best do it. And we, in my directorate, we have a lot of people that wouldn't engage through digital media, so face-to-face contact is very important. Um, So we have to marry that up with the people, the younger people, the people that, Um, are working during the day that do want to engage either via social media via uh, blogs um, or or, or other forums. So that's about thinking how do we do what we do why do we do it best and what's the evidence that points us in a certain direction. It's quite an exciting stage for us. It's interesting as I mentioned my background is in newspapers so I guess I'm along the same journey that the government's taking. Um, It's about going from how we have done things in the past and looking at where we're going to. In Canberra we're lucky that Almost everybody has access to an the internet the internet uh, or a device, a mobile device if not. So th- we know the audience has the means to communicate with us. It's do they want to communicate with us in that way? And if so, why? What's their purpose?
0: You're an old style newspaper man and so you understand what a story looks like, what it smells like or you know, h- how to actually get that story through. What are the challenges of bringing journalism skills to storytelling in government?
1: My, so my role is an, as a media manager, so a large part of my role is issue spotting. It's about, it's about not being so defensive on occasion, I think, and about engaging with people. So the, the, the engagement part of my role is a newer role to me. So it's people have questions to ask, let's not be afraid of those questions. In newspapers I can communicate, I know how people uh, like to be communicated with, and I'm not a policy writer or a bureaucrat, so I write in a way that people can understand. So I think it's bringing some of those general communication skills and the principles that we all have here today and about marrying them and tailoring them for, for the audience and for the purpose. But where are the constraints? Where, where are the
0: troubles? Where are the roadblocks to the effectiveness of your communication?
1: Resourcing would be an obvious one. Um, we, all, we all face uh, resourcing constraints. We would like to do more. So it's about then identifying what we have and how we can do it better. Another one is making sure colleagues who I work with who are outside of communications are comfortable engaging in this domain. For them it's a new way of working as well. So I think there is a cultural shift that's taking place. It has taken place because obviously lots of our staff expect us to communicate in the way that they communicate in their home life. Um, So it's not an option to uh, communicate the way we used to. We have to have contemporary practice. So it's it's a cultural change. We're fortunate in that from the chief minister downwards, there's a, a, an adoption and a willingness to invest in new technologies and communications. So it's about then identifying what we can do in that space. You mentioned that you know, face-to-face is still very
0: important in terms of communicating the government's message and I think that's the case the world over. Uh, but how well are you doing at the moment in terms of taking those opportunities to create relevant content for people who perhaps are, are unable to, to attend some of those face-to-face meetings?
1: I think it's getting better, David. We try and s- spread, spread the load of identifying what content is and part of that is an educative process um, so that if I'm talking to somebody in a, in a policy area and their face is lighting up at the story they're telling me, then that's a good story and it's something that members of the community would be interested in as well. So I think it's an educative process. It's, n- it's not about the traditional media release only anymore and you don't have to think in those terms. So that broadening the, the thoughts. And you're right when you mentioned that we have an abundance of content within our directorate, within the people that we support and that we assist. So it's about, I guess, again, identifying what's the purpose um, and then trying to then use the content, one piece of content for different purposes um, so that we're not overburdening ourselves, we're not reaching too far and under delivering and that we can minimise um, the amount of work that the policy officer, that the program officer has to undertake. Is that purpose or um, your content mission well understood across the Directorate? It's getting better, I'd say. I think there are a large number of people that inherently understand what we're trying to do, but maybe they need the formal, the formal policy to tell them what we're doing. Um, from the executive downwards, there's an increasing understanding of the value of our content and the need to communicate that to members of the public because as we've said our best stories are within our people and the best communicators are often our people it's not me who's interpreting a message it's somebody who can tell in plain English what it is they're doing so and I think there is also we have some really sensitive areas that we work in and there's been a frustration that maybe what we're trying to do and how we're trying to support people isn't getting out into the domain so they go "Well, well I can tell this story I have that and how how can I tell this story and what support do I need from the communications team? I think it's, it's come to the point where we're going, wait a minute, if my colleagues in Territory and Municipal Services and the, the ranges that they do, if they can get their stories into the, into the public domain and the good work they do, I don't see why I can do that as well.
0: We're always improving and I think everyone is adopting and trying to get better and better all the time. I think one of the big challenges is around you know, the changing in composition of skills that's required to execute a content marketing Uh, program of communication as opposed to your traditional media relations issues management uh, you know ministerial focused communications how how is it that you're going about improving the skills of your staff so as that they can become better publishers so than
1: media managers part of it is I think trusting the staff to have the core capabilities to deliver the product we need them to deliver Another part of it, as I mentioned uh, mentioned before, that staff expect to interact internally, digitally, the way they interact at home. And the staff in the communications teams likewise, they engage in content marketing, either as receivers or in a personal capacity. So they have the knowledge. uh, They're 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 ahead of where government is often in communicating and communicating their their content to social networks. So it's probably about formally identifying, A, where we want to go, and B, how the staff can do that. As we mentioned, my background is not in content marketing, but I have the core skills that are needed to progress on this path. And where I don't know the answers, I ask the answers, I ask the questions to get the answers across government, uh, people at the content group, uh, liaising through the social networks that are out there to find out how we go. And then probably most importantly is wherever we're going, as, as both Craig and Gina mentioned, start out small and get the buy-in from, from the executive and from the minister's offices so that they're comfortable with the approach we're taking and that they can see the, the reasons why we are going where we're going.
0: Just looking at that executive level, is what are some of the challenges that you've seen in, in convincing that senior level that this is going to be okay? That The world's not going to end and we're going to be, we're going to be okay?
1: Um, uh, I guess as with any audience, differing levels of awareness, knowledge of the mediums that we're using, the tools that we are looking to utilise. Um, so making sure that they are comfortable, they're aware of, and not dismissing their concerns. These are experienced policy and program officers. They've engaged with the community on many levels over often many years and in different jurisdictions. They have a wealth of knowledge they can bring to it. So identifying what they're talking about and translating their concerns into my line of work. Um, and I guess um, other issues are then why do we need to do it? Sometimes it can be just, all uh, right, we need to do a communications campaign. Let's have social media. Do we need social media? Is it really where we want to yeah. expend our energies? Um, we can have these discussions. Obviously, the best way to do that is in a prepared um, environment where you're working to a deadline that's not the next day as opposed to the ad hoc one that comes out of nowhere. And we do have these conversations internally about why we're doing what we're doing. In the policy work, the way we draft policies, do we focus on, for example, just a child who's in a care and protection environment or does that child have disability? Do they have public housing needs as well? They've together different assets. So these conversations are really important in getting to where we're going.
0: In large government departments, how important is the digital technology in spreading the message?
1: It, it's hugely important, David. Uh, we have, our directory is about 1,200 staff and a large number of those work off-site outside of our corporate offices, so communication via intranet is massively important. We, they need to engage with the executive who often remove from them. They need to hear the messages straight from the executive's and They need to be able to comment back as well. Um, so we've introduced recently a SharePoint intranet that has the static intranet site and the more dynamic collaboration zone as well. And we want to get people engaging with the directorate and across their own um, workspaces as well with different business units to develop policy. It's it's a massive area for us.
0: Do you think there is a reluctance to embrace content marketing in government because marketing is
1: sometimes considered a hard sell? Maybe the terminology isn't well known amongst my colleagues who are not in the comms area, but they they support the idea of getting good content out there. Mm -hmm. We have the good good content, we need to communicate it, whether it's about a new program we're running, whether it's uh, trying to solicit feedback on a policy development, whether it's about a... A, a day for children and families. We need to get the content out there. Um, I think they'd be they're supportive of the idea. Marketing maybe they, it might jar them slightly, but once you explain what it means, I think they'd be supportive of it.
0: This is a debate and a discussion going on at a global level. Some people don't like the term. Some people think it's a great term. I'm certainly in the content marketing uh, camp. Uh, I believe that it's a, it's a very effective and useful way, and I think that simple definition and really understanding that content marketing is a process and it's a methodology. It's not the tactical side of things and the execution. Kunchin, you are of the media. Um, that's where you, you began your career. And I think it's interesting that we do have a conversation now about the media uh, because as far as I'm concerned, they still remain a, you know, a fundamental part of any communication. We are not talking about content marketing in isolation. Um, that it's it's the only way um, to to do it. You do have to consider the media. Uh, But what role do you see the media taking in this emerging, evolving, rapidly changing landscape?
1: It's it's very interesting to watch it evolve, and it does change almost on a daily basis. Um, We, for example, we um, in the past would have relied on a media release either from our agency or from the minister to announce a relatively low-level program or an open day. And the chances of it going out were pretty slim. The chances of getting picked up by the media were almost non-existent. We can now have our own direct marketing content avenues to get the message out there. And it doesn't infringe on the media's territory, because they wouldn't have reported on it anyway. You also see, conversely, how the media then link in and follow and see what we're doing in our channels, to see where there is a story for them. I think it's, it's, it's it's a process that works in parallel. We, we have a dependency on the media. We need them to talk about our big policy initiatives, our programs, and to elicit feedback from the community. It's a great mechanism for doing that when it's done in an analytical and an appropriate fashion. Um, but we have a huge range of information that is more for the user, for the member of the public. They don't need to know about. But we're not excluding them from that process. We invite them to do it.
0: OK, let me create a, a well, a role play as such. You've got a piece of content that's a great piece of content and you publish that. Uh, have you ever had a phone call from someone in the media saying, what are you doing? How come you're publishing
1: it on your own channels and not giving it to us? Fortunately, I have the back of ministers offices that often take those phone calls <laughs> <laughs> instead of me. But it, it, it has happened. Yeah. Um, and it's a tricky one to navigate. I guess part of it is still is identifying uh, so a journo may pick up on something that we put out that we wouldn't have thought was a media-worthy story. Also, another instance, we need to get something out unfettered. And that's our, it's our right in instances to do that. We own the content. We want to get out through certain channels. So the minister may do a blog post, or they may tweet about it, or they may engage in another agency's forum. They may post on another site. And that's because that audience has been chosen to be the most appropriate for that piece of communication. Mm. But it's also about then going back to the journalist and saying, listen... We're not trying to exclude you from the process, all in all. We, will, we, will, we need to work with you. We have reliance on your communications tools, um, as you can see and when we've prevented, provided information in the past. I think on both sides it's a developmental process, and there will be hiccups along the way without a doubt. Sure.
0: Can you give us some examples of where you've been able to bring some of your journalistic skills to, to bear and to create... Um, some great content that has really resonated with uh, with, with an audience and, and helped a government achieve an objective because I think ultimately what content marketing is about is activity has to be connected
1: to an objective. Mm. So if you could give me an example. We um, undertook we being our director of consultation on a policy called the Human Services Blueprint which is an idea to restructure the way human services are delivered in the ACT across our agency and engaging uh, ACT Health as well and education as our main partners in this area. That was an interesting process. It engaged the government's Time to Talk website. It had uh, involvement from the ministers downwards. And it was a cross-media promotion on a limited budget. So there were media releases. There was a narrative to, to, to prosecute, within whether that be within the assembly speeches that the minister delivered on the social media postings, in the media release, um, in events, and embedding that narrative in other um, other projects across the directorate as well. So, I guess my role in that was simple speak. Policy guys are great at writing policy and are intellectually several eons above me, <laughs> but when it comes down to writing simple English, it's sometimes beyond their grasp. So, translation is a key element of my work. And as we identified what does it mean to the individual, one thing we did was generate personas for this content to put on to put on the Times Talk website, and that has got some amazing in terms of numbers feedback. We did one on on uh, your experience as a parent. And the, the feedback from people who've been through the early childhood, the health education system was quite immense, and it's feedback they wouldn't have known about otherwise. So it's, it's a trigger question. It's a prod. It's almost a prod. What does this mean to you? And then back comes the outburst of content. So I guess I'm there to, to I won't say coordinate, but to help guide how we, how we talk, what we talk about, and where we talk about it, and then joining up the dots across the different interests of stakeholders. The Human Services Blueprint, I mentioned, for an expense of $500, we had a week's, two weeks worth of, a month's worth of advertising on Facebook, and we measured the responses. We knew who was commenting, mm-hmm. we knew who it was reaching, we knew what their demographic was roughly, and that's tangible information you can give. Yes. And if you can contrast $500 on Facebook in traditional media, what that would mm. purchase, the, it's almost not comparable. Hunchen, your top tips for people just to, to get started, to get going? Um... I guess getting started is the main thing, um, whether it's doing the research, whether it's implementing the, uh, the results of the research, doing, start, start doing it. Um, if you're not doing it, then you're playing catch up even more than probably you are already. And have the, um, the understanding of what you're trying to achieve, a clear and concise objective about why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and start small if you need to, start small, get the case studies, pick some easy wins. It's, it's basic, I guess it's basic comms in that sense. Get some easy wins and get the buy-in from, from the influencers to do, to do that path. And then report back. Be transparent with your people you're communicating with. Be open. Be, be there for them. Um, let them know that their comments are valued and that they're not just into the cyberspace. And passing on to people that need to know about it. And I, I guess also um, one thing I think human services have done very well, and Commonwealth also, is focusing the content on the needs of the user. Not on the bureaucratic needs. So, as I mentioned, we work closely with health and education, as well as chief ministers' directorate. So, really packaging up what we're doing and looking around beyond our borders. Is there more that's going on that we need to feed into this? Um, and when you, I guess, when you've got those basics right, you can you can begin to deliver your package.
0: So there you go, Kunchan Dutt, the media director of the community services directorate in Canberra, Australia and lots of great insights there when you're really trying to get into the mind of a of a journalist who has now jumped onto the other side of the fence and is working for government. Now, just a quick note, uh, just an apology from me. Uh, I didn't announce the fact that we were disappearing for a few weeks over January. In this part of the world, in Australia, that's our summer holidays. And I, I had a great holiday, if you were wondering, at five weeks by the beach and with the kids and all the rest of it. So it was a fantastic break. But I didn't tell anyone that I wasn't going anywhere. So I know lots of people were turning up going, where's this happened? So um, we were just looking at the the downloads the other day and we could see that it fell off a cliff. So anyway, that will never happen again. I can promise you that and we will be podcasting now 52 weeks of the year with new, relevant and great content for you all the way through. So thanks again for your time this week. Thanks again for your interest in content marketing in the public sector and I'll speak to you next week. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in the public sector. For more, visit us at contentgroup.com.au.